You're listening to episode 40 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhardt. Welcome back to The Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Guys and girls, today's guest is an incredible woman with an amazing story. She grew up in Kiev, a part of the Soviet Union at the time. However, after the collapse of the Soviet Union and the Ukraine gaining its independence in 1991, her family was able to leave and decided to come to America. So in October 1992, her American dream began as she stepped off the plane in New York City. Only equipped with a music teaching degree and a 90-day crash course in English, she was ready to do whatever it took to survive in this new world. Giving piano lessons at $6 an hour and realizing that that wouldn't allow her to feed her family, she enrolled herself in college and graduated with a four-year degree as a computer programmer. With the internet sweeping the world, she became curious about ebook publishing. After selling her first ebook, she was hooked on creating an online business. Wanting to be a stay-at-home mom, she decided to quit her $15 an hour job and began studying copywriting and direct marketing. Over the next few years, she published her first print book, Coaching Millions, hosted the world's very first tele-summit, created Recurring Revenue Revolution live event, developed almost 30 various business courses, started and sold a software company, and co-founded the popular JV Insider Circle. And along the way, she made her first million dollars. But success came with a price. She began having panic attacks, which became very scary and eventually debilitating, causing her to sell her business and take a sabbatical. She began taking a closer look at her life and started asking questions that she had never asked herself before. And as Tony Robbins says, quality questions, quality life. During this period of self-discovery, she discovered her superpower, making the complexity of running a business simple. Out of this, she created Simplicity Circle, which shows coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs how to use simplicity as a growth strategy to grow their businesses with ease. Please welcome this amazing entrepreneur who also shares a passion for writing music and taking Latin dance lessons, Milana Lashinsky. Milana, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you, Brian. <laughs> this You've done an amazing um, job introducing me and dug out some uh, amazing facts that I even uh, don't remember sharing. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's well, my, good. I hope I did my job be... researching you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so looking forward to this. Um, we had the pleasure of being introduced by the wonderful Stephanie Callahan. Yeah, Stephanie has been a, an active member of my Simplicity Circle. I'm very grateful for her um, introducing me to you because you have an amazing uh, podcast and uh, with with the with a focus on mindset, which is interesting because uh, that has recently become my focus as well. So I'm glad to be talking about this. It's 
I used to definitely put it uh, as a secondary in my life and business until recently. Well, that's good to hear because I, I think it's a real big piece that a lot of people don't touch on. So I love how you talk about it. I've watched some of your Facebook live interviews and things like that. And, and I know mindset and you talk about fear dealing with that. So I think it's so important. I mean, a lot of people always want to know the ABCs to success. What are the steps I need to take? But if they don't have the right mindset or the belief in themselves, I don't care how good the roadmap you give them, they're not going to follow it. They're going to hold themselves back and sabotage. So to me, I think it's an important topic and that's why I created the, the show. Absolutely. Especially because there's so much marketing advice out there. Um, you know, one of the biggest challenges I see right now in the entrepreneurial community is the complete and unprecedented overwhelm around what kind of marketing to do, how to grow a business. There is no shortage of ways to get your name out there, to get your uh, business built. And so not really a good way until recently to discern between all those strategies and all that advice that's coming at you. That's good. And how does one go about that? Milana, I mean, like you said, there's so much out there. People get caught in that so-called shiny object syndrome. What is it that someone should look at if they're trying to follow, you know, someone providing marketing advice or what's outdated or stuff that they should be looking at today to do in their business? Yeah, you know, it's really tricky because especially when you have people that you admire, mentors that you follow, uh, books that you read and just people that you respect in your inner circle, people that you feel are successful and you want to replicate their success. So you're looking, what is it that they are doing? And it's very easy to start leaning into their marketing style and their marketing strategy. Unfortunately, that is not the best way to do that because we are all very different people. The reason I like the word simplicity, and I've actually named my company Simplicity Circle, is because what's simple to you is complex to me and vice versa. We are all different. And so when somebody says this is the easiest and fastest way to to build your list, it just means that it's the easiest and fastest way for that person. When somebody says this is the easiest and most profitable way to grow your business, it just means that it is the fastest and easiest way to them, right? Right. And so the first step, I think, is to really start listening to your um, to your own internal coach, your, your inner mentor, in, inner guide, uh, whether this is the right strategy for you. And the best way to determine that is whether you feel drawn to it. And you may feel not drawn to it because you don't understand it, because it's new to you, so you could start exploring a little bit. But listening to your own guidance, your own intuition, telling you, yes, I'm interested in this strategy because um, it would allow me to shine a light on my best natural abilities, on on the things that I want to put out there, then yes, go for it. I always give different examples, but like things like analytics have always eluded me. And I could certainly force myself to go that route. I could study numbers and I could study statistics and I could really become a master at it. But it's not what draws me to it. And so I've been in business for 17 years. I've never been able to master analytics. I started, I have taken courses, I've pushed enough to know that they are important, but 
eventually I just have to delegate this to somebody else instead of pushing myself in that direction. Um, you know, or, you know, I was, I'm always um, giving an example of me speaking and selling from stage. I have worked on that skill for 11 years and I've had some success, but I've always hit a ceiling. And as I started my new business, I totally realized that I could absolutely continue to push and master my speak to sell model, or I could do what comes to me with much more ease, like teleseminars and webinars, and most recently Facebook live video, where I can communicate with much more ease, I can build rapport with people a little differently. Um, and the results come also with much more effortlessness. I mean, the first time I had a hundred people on a teleclass, I generated seven sales. I got seven new clients. Wow, that's um, awesome. Three years ago, when I started a new company and did a webinar, I generated half a million dollars in a matter of two weeks as a result of leading a webinar. Wouldn't I want to put all my effort and focus on improving that and growing that area of myself and my business as opposed to try and push myself in a different direction that comes with a lot more struggle and force and for me personally, migraines and stress and anxiety, right? No, I agree. And that's and that's why I love about it because you're, you're focusing on simplicity and I think things are getting too complex. You know, there's the 101 ways to build a list. And I, I love simplicity. That's one of my things I've been a fan of. So that's why I was excited to talk to you today, one of the things, because I want like two or three options. I don't need 101 or a million ways. I just want a few things that are going to work. And one thing that I really love what you said, Milana, and it's a philosophy that I believe too, is focusing on your strengths. So many people out there see these so-called gurus. And like you said, they want to emulate them and, and what's easy for them or what works for them. It's not necessarily going to work for you. And I, I, I think one of the great things that you have too is self-awareness. And I heard on one of your Facebook live interviews that you talked about that, that you found out what you were just saying, some of your weaknesses that actually your strengths were like creating products and marketing. You're very good at that. And you just talked about marketing on a, a webinar and making half a million dollars. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's where your strengths are. So I love how you touched on that because I think that's so important because it's a big controversy. Do we just stick with our strengths or do we also build on our weaknesses? So I think you, you answered it for me that self-awareness is a huge factor in building a successful online business. Yeah, and I think, you know, in our society, overcoming challenges and struggles and sticking with it and striving to overcome um, difficulties, I think that's very traditional in our society. And we bring that with us into our businesses. If only we stick with it a little longer, if you only don't give up, if you only do this and you put hard work, with hard work, you can achieve anything, right? Uh, through effort, Right. And so I think that that's why we are willing to push ourselves sometimes to the point of a burnout and complete frustration and overwhelm, where we are striving to reach success, except we're pushing in the wrong direction. Uh, until recently, for example, Facebook Live video was not part of my strategy. It was not part of my uh, thing that I would do. Video was really stressful for me. And I had to, but 
So it was stressful, but I kept coming back to it. I kept trying to find ways that I would enjoy it. And I finally did. You know, for me, it's all about being prepared and that being perfect and making sure I don't miss a word and having 17 takes before I take that perfect video. With Facebook Live, people don't expect perfection. And that removed that biggest barrier of perfection. And finally, I'm enjoying Facebook Live. And um, if I have something to say, if I have a message, I jump on a Facebook Live video and I say it without a script, without index cards or any kind of notes. Um, But I think that because we are trained in that belief that in order to succeed, you need to overcome challenges. You need to... um, put a lot of effort in and struggle through it. And then you go on the other side and it becomes easy. It might or it might not. As I said to you, 11 years of of training to speak and sell from stage, I'm still nowhere near where I want to be. And it's extremely stressful. So I cannot tell you that I haven't worked hard. I have. It's just that I was working in the wrong direction for my personality. So I I really believe that that self-awareness and understanding where your natural abilities are and natural tendencies are, which basically means what do you default to when when left to your own devices? How are you doing your business? How do you do business when left at uh, at your own devices, when nobody's telling you how you should be doing things? For me... It's creating methods and creating little teaching points and slides. I like to organize information into something simple and understandable. For someone else, it might be connecting people and connecting ideas to people, people to ideas. You know, so if you think about yourself, Brian, like when left to your own devices, what do you normally do? Yeah, and that's the struggle, you know when you're left to your own. So I agree with you having systems and focusing on your strengths and that's where you should be put the energy towards. But how does one Milana go from um, basically, you know, not giving up on something or knowing when they should give up on it? Do you have anything as far as what's worked for you to say, because like you, you talked about Facebook Live, you kept pursuing it even though it was a struggle for you and you've gotten better at it. And you really enjoy it now. So how does one know when they should probably give up on something because it's not working or it's not with their strengths or when they should be just pursuing it because they just need to improve because they're new at it? Do you have any kind of strategy or things you deal with that for yourself? I think it's all about what you feel drawn to, what you feel excited about. Even though video was not something that came easy to me, and I always had to have a script and I always had to uh, prepare and over-prepare, when people would see my videos, I would always get incredible feedback. So it was clear to me that if I could find a way to be on video with more ease, then people would feel connected to me more. So what I, the feedback I'm getting is that when I'm on video, people feel really connected to me. I'm able to really emote and create rapport, build that connection with people. Yes, I, you do a great job. I've seen I've seen a few of your Facebook lives, and you're you. really good on there, Milana. I love it. Your your personality comes through, your vulnerability, and you're just so real. But it's coming from the heart, so yeah, you really and, know how to connect. 
And I appreciate you saying that, but you have no idea how much I had to sweat to get those videos <laughs> out, right? Because I wanted right. them to be perfect. When Facebook Live video came about as a tool, which I only started doing a couple of weeks ago, I, I truly have never done a Facebook Live until recently because I pictured, oh my God, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to mess it up. And people are going to see it. It's going to be public. It's going to be embarrassing. The whole idea of live video and not expecting perfection, suddenly that barrier was removed. So you, you ask me, like, how do you know when to stop trying and want to, you know, move on to something else, I would say that, it, it, you know, put your hand on your heart in all honesty and ask yourself, do you feel drawn to this? And do you feel like you just, you simply need to find a different way of doing it because you really would enjoy it if it was a little easier. It all comes, that is the starting point. What do you want to do? right? For the longest time, a lot of people have told me and, you know, this common advice is out there. You should have a high-end program. You should create a $25,000 mastermind or platinum or VIP level coaching program. And that's what you should have because it's much easier to work with a few clients, um, you know, a couple times, a few times a week, than try to get clients at $100 or even at $1,000. And I always pushed that advice. I always resisted that because to me, it is not simpler to have a few clients and work with them deeply. That is not where I get my enjoyment. I actually love doing product launches uh, at a price point of $1,000, you know, the, the classic $9.97, creating right. a killer offer at that price point and getting 100, 200 people into the program that way. To me, that feels simpler, right? So listening to other people's advice who are convinced that this is the way to do it is dangerous unless you have your own level of understanding what works for you. I have already realized that working with clients one-on-one -on -one is not my thing that I am excited about. Why would I follow the advice of somebody who actually loves doing that, right? And I love that because you're you're really following and listening to your intuition instead of just following the herd. Where every and I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Milana is they they hear all this advice and then they just start following everybody else, and then that doesn't work. And then they start following someone else, and they don't really take the time to say what fits with my personality, what aligns with my values. What type of business do I really want to build? Do I want to be a hustler or do I want a lifestyle business? Do I want a complex business or do I want a simplicity business? And I think they need to take that time that that's so important to creating that type of business. But without doing that, they're just randomly following everybody else. Absolutely. And one thing to realize, and you know, I'm sure you have different kinds of people listening to this podcast, but... Everything we create, we must maintain. And in a big company with departments and teams, some people create and other people maintain and run things, right? But if you are an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, if you're a coach, author, speaker, um, expert, information marketer, everything you create, you also have to maintain. And everything you create takes space in your brain or on your calendar somewhere. It takes the energy in your body. If you create a team, you need to manage and maintain it. If you create a membership site, 
You need to run it. If you create a coaching program, you have to deliver it every month and maintain it. If you sell a mastermind program, you need to run and maintain it all year long. So the question is, what do you want to maintain? Because you can do something once, um, something that you don't like once or twice, and that's okay. But where is the sustaining strategy for you? What is the thing that you can do all year long, every week, every month, every day? And that is the question that I think is very important to answer because I've gotten excited about some things like, oh, I'm going to start a um, a blog and I'm going to blog and I have all these ideas. And then about two months later, I burn out because that is not where uh, my natural abilities lie. When I have something to say, I'll say it. But be consistent as a writer, as a blogger, that's not my thing. So I can do it a, a few times But if I were relying on blogging as my primary marketing strategy, I would be screwed. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't fit with with your personality. And I love it because, like you said, you're recording when you have something important to say and you have a message to deliver instead of just throwing some content out there that's just to, to do. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And that's something that I noticed about myself. You know, I've come to a lot of self awareness. If I don't have anything fresh, innovative, insightful to share, I'll be quiet. And while I'm quiet, people are confused in my community. But that's because I trained them that way. I've been pushing myself, I should say, I had been pushing myself to create content and deliver things. And so when I'm quiet, they're confused. But if if you retrain, if you train your audience in the way that you operate best, they won't be confused. They'll expect when for, for, to hear from you when you're ready to say something, right? And so that's what I'm kind of doing right now is when I have something to say, I say it. If I don't, I'm quiet for a week or two. <laughs> Which is great though, because you're creating a business around the lifestyle that you want. So you've, you've gone the route of working the big hours and creating you know, million dollar companies. And like you said, you, you got to a point where you burnt out. So I think I commend you on stepping back and I mean, taking a sabbatical from having a successful online business and just saying, wait, I need to re-engineer this whole process of a business and what I want to be doing. So a lot of people would, would find that very hard to do and could go down a path where they're destroying relationships or family and, and their health by just not reevaluating and saying, you know, being basically honest with themselves, saying that this is not working. So I commend you on that. That's awesome. For sure. And and I love the idea of building, uh, of being a simplicity entrepreneur, but also building a community of simplicity entrepreneurs, because we are surrounded by people who fill our head, heads with complexity, who support our complexity mindset, right? And a simplicity entrepreneur is somebody who chooses to overlook many options and focuses on one or a few that will make all the difference. And because we are, we are surrounded by complexity thinkers, what happens is we start, when we want to grow our business, we start adding things. We add more team members, more marketing strategies, more offers, more, 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 to the point where it becomes very difficult to manage and maintain. Forget simplicity at that point, right? One of the 
things that happened when I announced that I left my company last year. I had a business partnership. We hit a, a million and a half, and then I made a decision to leave because I just, I was having, um, you know, I started having panic attacks and I couldn't figure out how to stop them. And so I had to leave um, and they eased up for sure. And so one of the things that I, and, and I think I, I um, one of the things that was happening is that we kept adding stuff. We kept adding team members. We had 12 people and we had all kinds of things happening. Something was constantly being launched. If it's not a program, it's the event. If it's not the event, then it's the coaching upsell. And it's like it's constant barrage of, it, it's just a constant movement. There was no space or room to breathe or think or get gain perspective. We were always in the business. And when I shared that I left my company with some of the other movers and shakers, what I started learning is that many of them are struggling, but they are not struggling publicly because it's embarrassing. Because it when you see them as a successful person, that's the image they want you to see. But what's happening behind the scenes sometimes is a personal struggle. It's sometimes a search for an easier way to do and to be. And I actually had people say to me, I envy you that you have nothing that you're responsible for right now because I could not possibly walk away from my business. You know, because when you create a monster, you have to feed it. Right. And I no, got rid of my monster. <laughs> Good for you. I, I am so proud of you, and that's awesome. And I, I think that's the thing. A lot of they want to project this image, and I don't know. I've always been of the school of thought that you know what business can be tough. It, it it doesn't always have to be a struggle, or you can't have fun. But it's not gonna always be smooth sailing, and people need to know that it's not a push button success system or you know, work 30 minutes a day and you're going to be wealthy. People need to know the truth. And I think the problem is a lot of people are pushing this image and not really sharing the behind the scenes, like you said, of the struggles and things of what it really takes. So I, you know, I love a, what you're doing. I am going to reveal something that I have never revealed to anybody. You ready? Oh, you've heard it first on the marketer's mindset. Everybody listen close. <laughs> So as I started my Simplicity Circle uh, in January of this year, so it's been almost um, eight months, I have been working, I would say, easily 10 hours a day. Easily, right? Right. So to someone, it might seem like, whoa, Milana, you're saying that you're building a lifestyle business and you're working 10 hours a day. Are you lying to us? Are you misleading people? No. I am having freaking blast. <laughs> I am loving everything I'm doing. So I may be working 10 hours a day. Some days, probably not as much, but I have to pull myself away from the computer from my office because I'm having so much fun. And a year ago, I couldn't get myself out of bed. Isn't it amazing the difference when you're doing what you love? So it's not necessarily about working 30 minutes a day or five hours a day or 12 hours a day. It's about what it feels like throughout the day. Are you feeling like you're pushing or are you just doing things that are second nature to you? What I love about simplicity and the idea of finding what is simple to you is that when you 
do things that are natural to you, that align with your natural abilities, your super skills, your biggest strengths, growing a business becomes second nature. It is second nature to me to express my ideas. So I get on a Facebook Live and I express my ideas that way. Right. It is second nature to me to notice something about how I see the role, my role in this marketplace. So I go on Facebook Live in my group and I talk about the difference between coaches, experts, and thought leaders. It is second nature to me to to share my ideas. So being able to monetize that, that is second nature to me. So the question I will ask you and your viewers is, what is second nature to you? And how can you turn that into a revenue generating activity? Yes. And guys and girls, if you're listening on this and taking notes, I hope, because Milana is sharing some great stuff here, really ask yourself that question. When we're done with this interview, I, I want you guys to ha- go through your notes and, and specifically ask this question that Milana presented to myself, which I will be doing, and to you, the audience, because it's so powerful. And if you're looking to create, like we talked about, when I mentioned my opening tagline, it's designed to create a successful and sustainable, another keyword, guys, sustainable online business. Because, yeah, you might be able to create like Milana, a million and a half dollar business or something, but burn yourself out. It's not sustainable. What she's doing now with simplicity is she's working, but it doesn't feel like work to her because she's following her strengths. She's following what she loves and she's helping so many people to be able to create that for their own life, which I just love what she's doing. So it, it, it's great. And it, and it might sound like the advice that you heard before, you know, follow your passion and the money will follow or do your passion, do what you love and the money will follow. But there is more to it. You know, simplicity principle comes from Albert Einstein. Um, everything must be as simple as possible and no simpler. The question that Einstein did not address is what the heck is simple? <laughs> right. The right? key thing. <laughs> And what's simple to you is complex to me and vice versa. And so we have to find our own simplicity uh, activity, simplicity zone, as I like to call it. So like to me, doing a product launch feels simple. It's not easy, but because it comes with a lot of clarity to me and because I love everything about a product launch and strategizing the different approaches and ideas and techniques and the different methods for launching and and how to make it more interesting and innovative. All of that to me comes with simplicity because I love doing it and it has clarity. On the other hand, um, speaking and selling from stage has a lot of complexity to me because I have to build my presentation in a way that creates attention, interest, desire, and then finally action from people, right? If we're following the old school ADA yes. uh, formula, it it uh, means that I have to somehow, you know, there's a, uh, the idea about timing. I have to build the right timing. And then I have to make sure my energy level doesn't change between the education and the sales pitch. And then the temperature in the room has to be just right for people to buy. <laughs> oh, gosh. So many factors. And I have to act and be in a certain way so it doesn't feel like it's me. And for someone else, it's their second nature. They just get on stage, they speak, and people buy. I watched um, 
one of my uh, amazing mentors that I had the privilege of working with for six months, Nida Kubain. He is from Middle East. He came here as a, a very young man. Um, when he speaks, I mean, at the end of the presentation, he wasn't even, I don't even remember him selling, making a pitch. I just remember him pointing to the back of the room and I ran. I ran That's to powerful. get everything he had for sale. Then I came home, went on his website and got the entire library because everything he said out of his mouth was a gem and I wanted more of it and I wanted to hear it again. I wanted to be inspired. So yeah, to him, that's second nature. He speaks and people buy. That's why the guy is the president of a university because one of the jobs for president of a university is fundraising. When he speaks, people throw money at him. (laughs) It's amazing. I got to see, uh, Marshall Silver. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yes, he, I am. Yes. Yeah. He came to, yeah. Yeah. He's shaved and he's got that nice radio voice and all that. And a hypnotist and knows neuro-linguistic programming and all that. And I went with a buddy of mine and I wanted to see what it was about. And I figured, you know, I always can pick up some nuggets. I can learn something or have an aha moment. And I got a few aha moments out of it. But one of the things I really liked was watching him on stage. And like you said there, Milana, at the end, he just had people rushing to the back of the room to sign up for his two thousand uh, dollar turning point program. He was going to do the following weekend here in in Arizona, and it just he had that command. He threw in the humor. It was just you could tell he'd been doing it for years, and he was natural at it. It wasn't work, you know. And it was and just amazing you- to watch. I bet he wasn't always like that. I'm sure he had to learn some of these things. But the oh, the yeah. thing about it maybe he learned a little bit and he got better and then he learned a little bit more and he had better yet. So that's how you know when to quit and when not to quit is every time you learn something about a particular way, strategy or, you know, method of doing things in your business, you get better results. You know, I kept getting better results. Every little thing I learned about teleseminars and then webinars became popular. I just kept eating it up. And every time I learned something, I implemented it and I would get more sales and better results. So, of course, I knew that that is the direction I need to do more of. Right. That's That's how you know. I think that's great advice. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Now, one of the things I want to talk about here to Milan is and and people have gone through this and I'm sure you probably experienced it, especially um, from your background. I mean, coming to this country. I don't know. When you came here, how much English did you know? I could read. Okay. You could read. So it was your language and I mean, it's got to be. I could read, but I couldn't speak yet and I definitely could not understand. So English was my, uh, a language of choice in school. So I took it for three years in school and it's not quite like it is in America. It's definitely not like taking English if you live in India, where it is a second language of the country, right? right? We mainly just learned, you know, American letters or English letters, and we learned to read and, you know, to memorize some things, but I certainly couldn't speak or understand. I remember taking a a crash course right before immigrating to uh, America. I took a crash course. It was a three-month course. We went to a home of this lady who definitely... 
saw the opportunity of the immigration wave and she was an English teacher and she had dozens of people come into her home to learn English. Oh, wow. And I remember I left her apartment after the um, class and I was walking in downtown Kiev and this guy who looked like he was from probably South American country came up to me and said, um, hi, what's your name? And would you like some ice cream? And I responded and I said, no, thank you. His eyes were wow. on his forehead. He was so excited that finally somebody could speak, could understand what he said, because nobody at that time. It's now you're watching the news and, you know, from Russia, from Ukraine, and you can find people easily who speak English to you. But back then, in uh, 1991, English was almost like taboo. If wow. you're learning English, you're probably planning to betray your country. <laughs> What a crazy, isn't it amazing? I mean, that's not that long ago, Milana. I mean, no, not at the, all. the mindset, how that's shift. No. Now, when you started out and, you know, coming to the country, learning the language, and then you decided to start your business. And a lot of people have this when you start out. And I, I wanted to ask you and get your opinion on it. Did you ever have what they call the imposter syndrome? Where, where you feel like, that's Do people really, really going to listen to what I have to say? Do I have enough value to share with people? You know, that type of feeling. I must have been too stupid or naive because I never felt that way. <laughs> I love it. That's great. What, I'll tell you what I did. Um, I didn't start out as a marketing expert or a marketing coach or a, an internet uh, marketing guru. I started out from where I was and where I was, uh, was a web designer. I could create websites. I definitely was not an imposter there. I could create a website. And so I was selling web design services. And as I was creating websites for coaches and experts, I started learning about what they needed. And I started researching to find out, so how does one use a website to get clients online? And slowly, slowly, I became an expert on these things. So I, I think you feel as an imposter when you are trying to approach it from a researching position, like I'm going to research and I'm going to teach it. But that's not how I approached it. I started selling what I knew at that time. My first ebook was called Create Your Website in 10 Days. And then somebody, I don't know if you know, um, Marlon Sanders was a very yes. big internet marketing guy and I bought his product and then I asked him a question and he gave me this piece of advice. He said, oh, I know why it's not selling better because why would you want to buy a product that teaches you how to create a website in 10 days when there is a book for dummies that teaches you how to create it in 24 hours? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I told him, but you can't. You really cannot create a website in 24 hours. So I'm being very honest with people. I'm saying 10 days. <laughs> That's great though. I mean, that's, it's more realistic. I think the 24 hours, you know, it's like anything else when someone says, okay, make a million dollars in the next 30 days. A lot of people kind of shut down saying, all right, they can't see that happening. But if you say, Hey, I'm going to show you in the next 30 days, how to build a $300 a month income or something, it's more realistic to them. And it's something that could be achievable, you know? And actually what I started seeing and doing more of is when we get in trouble in our business, when we burn out, when we get sick, when we have depression, um, any kind of like, uh, you know, the feelings of emptiness, because I'll tell you, when I 
hit a million dollars, it did not feel like a million dollars. It felt empty. I was tired. I wanted to sleep. I was disinterested in my business. I did not celebrate hitting a million dollar mark. Um, and so what I started exploring is this idea that we optimize, we are trained subconsciously or consciously somewhere, we are trained to optimize our business for a particular level of revenue. So like making a million dollars was the holy grail for me. And it is still today for many people who get online. Like this is how I'm going to make my million dollar, uh, my million dollar business, right? I'm going to go online, create it. People are going to come and I'm going to be a millionaire. The challenge with optimizing your business around a particular level of income, whether it's a million dollars or half a million or even six figures, we are then willing to do whatever it takes. We're willing to sacrifice our other areas of our lives, our health, relationships, happiness, um, even our freedom. Like I lost my freedom last year. I couldn't even go on vacation without being attached to my cell phone. So I could be, you know, checking my emails and text messages in case people need me and my team. And the launch is coming when I'm coming back home. And oh my God, I lost my freedom. So my recommendation would be to, to, to be aware of what you are optimizing your business around. Because if your primary goal, if your primary optimization objective is a particular level of money, then you're going to do whatever it takes to make that money. If you optimize your business around happiness, then everything you're going to do in your business, all the decisions you're going to make are going to be making you happy. If you optimize your business around freedom, then you're going to probably create a lot of free time in your business and all the decisions you're going to be making will have to do with maybe leveraging, creating more passive income, uh, working with people that you enjoy, um, getting clients that make you uh, th- that don't make you feel like you can't even have a vacation without hearing from them, right? So what are you optimizing your business around? I'm certainly no longer optimizing it around a million dollars. I want to make a lot of money, but that's not how I'm making my decisions anymore. Does that make sense, Brian? Oh, it makes absolute sense. And it goes back to your self-awareness and really knowing what you want for your business. I mean, you've had the money and you saw that there was a lot that came with it and a lot of negatives, unfortunately, came with it health-wise and, and your, you know, mental state of being and stuff. So I love how you stepped back and reevaluated and said, hey, this is what's important to me. I can make a real nice living, but without a lot of that stress and not having to strive for such a big financial number. So it, it makes makes big sense. So Milana, what are like one or two of the biggest lessons that you've learned from your 16 plus years in business right now? Hmm. I learned that there are many ways to make a million dollars and you have to choose the one that's right for you and not for anyone else. I ch- I learned that great marketing can make you feel FOMO, fear of missing out, because mm-hmm. that's what great marketers are trained to do, including yes. myself. I can certainly create a marketing piece that will make you feel like 
if you don't join my program, you're going to die. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly exaggerating it, but um, but that's kind of the goal of any marketing piece is to make people feel like they absolutely must have that thing because it's going to solve their problems. Not in a manipulative way, but in a way that makes people see that this has been the missing ingredient from your life, from your business, from your relationships. And it is up to us, the potential customers, to make a decision whether it is a fit or it's not a fit. The entire uh, back-of-the-room rush that happens at live events is based on FOMO, that you know, you're, you're seeing people stand up and running to the back of the room. And if you don't, you are going to feel left out. That fear of being, of missing out, that you're not going to be part of that group, that you're going to miss out on some incredible value. And let's say that you resist that and you come home and suddenly you forget that ever happened and you forget what made you that excited. Or if you do decide to invest into a product at the live event and you come home and you're looking at it and thinking, huh, I wonder what that was. <laughs> I'll tell you what it was. Adrenaline. Yes. So I learned not to make adrenaline-based decisions. So that's another lesson. I could I could give a lot more lessons. Oh, I'm sure you probably have tons of them going through that. Let me ask you this, Demolana. What currently are you doing that scares you or is making you stretch? Mm, I literally just got a wave of heat in my body as you ask me that. <laughs> um, and that's the other. So panic attacks are horrible, by the way, but there is one positive about having anxiety and experience that. I, I never even heard of panic attacks until it happened to me two years ago. I didn't even know that anxiety was something that you physically feel. I thought it's just something that you're worried about and that somebody could tell you, oh, don't worry about it and you would be okay. But it's actually a physical thing. So if anybody is listening and they had anxiety, um, you know what I'm talking about. It is a physical thing. And what happens is when you think about something, your body reacts. So my body just reacted to your question because I am doing something that scares me a little bit. Right now, I'm actually in the process of making a decision whether to start a paid membership community because I do have a free community for Simplicity Circle, for Simplicity Entrepreneurs. Okay. Uh, but, but everybody is asking me, are you starting, when are you starting your paid membership community? So you could actually build um, a launch-free business model. And so I love launches, but I also want people to be connected to me a little bit more regularly. And I do want to create a community with a culture of simplicity and be rewarded for it because in my free community, I am giving so much value. The question is, how long will I sustain that, right? right. And so what I'm doing right now that scares me is I am, uh, I have to, I want to, I should say I want to make a decision within a week whether I'm going to start a membership site like people have been asking for Simplicity Circle. Or am I just running a free community and be happy with that? So that is what makes me a little bit nervous right now. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That's that's awesome. And and I love how you're stretching yourself. You're putting yourself out there and and you know, 
doing the things that are scary, but that's how you're going to grow. And you're going to be able to share that and even add more value to the people that will be in that membership. So, and I think that's great because I think with your personality and you're so warm and approachable and you're very knowledgeable, but the way you deliver it, I think you're going to be able to help a lot of people when they can connect with you more instead of just, you know, launching product after product. I think with you giving more of that personal touch in those face live, uh, Facebook live videos where they get to see your personality come through and you're delivering a powerful message, I think you're going to touch more lives that way. That's just my opinion. Thank you. I appreciate you saying. So that's another vote for yes. <laughs> yes, definitely pursue it. Now I want to switch some gears here, Milana, and I want to ask you a couple or a few questions here in regards to marketing. Sure. And I know one of your strengths is product creation. So for the listeners out there, what piece of advice could you give in regards to creating their own products and what they could do that they could actually implement today? Say someone has an idea or they're knowledgeable in something and they want to share that with them. What kind of advice that you could give them that they could, after this, um, listening to this episode here, they could go out and put into action and really start making that a reality for them? I'm so glad you asked that question, Brian, because I recently did a um, an interview with somebody um, and just the conversations around product creation have been really big for me because I am a product creator. But if you looked at my products from many years ago, you would see that they are extremely content heavy. I would have, you know, 35 minute videos in each module with the workbook and then there would be a Q&A call that I would record um, just really heavy on information. What I'm seeing now is that people don't want a lot of information. People want teaching points. They want um, smaller bits of information or chunks of information, and then they want to focus on implementing it and getting a specific result. So, as I designed my program, Simplicity Blueprint, the way I created it was extremely different from any of my other programs where the focus was on content and information and on teaching. Now, you know, when people join my program, what I do is about 15 or 20 minutes of teaching um, on a live call. So I share something like a concept or an idea for 15, 20 minutes, and then I get quiet and then I ask, what did you just hear? what feels like the next step for you right now. And then people start sharing their insights. We get into questions. We do some, you know, tackling of the obstacles or challenges that they are seeing in front of them. And the reaction, the feedback has been incredible. It's the transformation and the result that people are looking for. Because I used to think that if I give a lot of information, people will love me. And they will see the value. You probably have heard this word, um, stump value. When you take a product and you drop it on the floor, it should make that giant sound. I, I heard it first from Dan Kennedy that you have to like deliver a lot of value and value equals information, content, stuff. Well, people don't want stuff anymore. They actually want to simplify their learning. And the best way to simplify their learning is to deliver less content and then allow people 
to explore what that looks like for them. And in order for this to be a reality, you want to choose a smaller outcome. So if in the past I would create a product like how to grow your coaching business online, it would like a coaching business mastery level program. Now I simply say how to create a webinar that gets you coaching clients. A lot smaller promise, a lot more focused learning. I can go a little deeper into each segment of the webinar. And it's a lot easier to deliver too, right? I remember like delivering a module, 45 minutes of content and 15 minutes of Q&A. And then I would hang up the phone and I would, I, I would be dead. Like I was just exhausted. I was drained. After delivering Simplicity Blueprint, 15 minutes of content and about 45 minutes of exploration and conversations and insights and aha moments, I hung up the phone and I stayed at my computer in my chair and I'm like, huh, I could do this again right now. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so you, you found out something that you, works for you. Yeah, I think it's easier for you, but it also, it's better for your customers, they want smaller chunks. I recently bought a program by Mark Mawinney, who created a program on how to start and run your Facebook group. I was new to Facebook groups. And he's the guy that I interviewed because his product on Facebook group was phenomenally simple. It yeah, had, I saw that interview you did with him. That was yes, really good. Yeah, yeah. it's like cool. four areas, how to start, how to create engagement, how to run it, and how to monetize it. Four areas, that's it. And then within each of those areas, he simply answered the top 10 questions. That was the structure of the entire program. 10 questions, and each question was answered in a five to 10 minute video. The simplicity of it, of it was unbelievable because I was able to go through the entire course in a matter of two days. That's perfect. And that's what you want. You don't want to take a month to go through something to learn it and put it into action. No. And and if you want a richer product, like if you wanted to charge $1,000, because his was only $300, $297. If you wanted, a, if you wanted more value and you wanted to charge more, um, you could add a group call component. You know, coaches usually do group coaching calls. You could also add a community, like a Facebook group, where you answer questions, where you allow people to collaborate. Um, you could also do what Mark did, and he interviewed uh, about 20 different people that were focusing on one of those four areas. So he um, added some interviews specifically around engagement. And then other interviews were specifically about monetizing your Facebook group. So he enriched the program without really doing more teaching. Does that make sense? Yes, that's perfect. That's that's definitely what you need to so do. I would I say less that. is more. Less is definitely more. Don't worry about teaching a lot of content. Choose a couple of teaching points, you know, like when you're done listening to this podcast layout, you know, decide what topic you want to teach, what topic people have been asking you about, and then seven, up to seven different areas that you want to teach. And, and remember that just because you know everything about something doesn't mean you need to teach everything about something. Ah, there's a there's an aha moment right there, Milana. Yeah. That's perfect because that can be opened up for Q&A. You don't have to answer every question you can think of in your uh, head. 
And also people may not be ready to receive everything too. Yes, and that's another point. A lot of times people will ask for a refund, not because the product is not valuable, but because they're overwhelmed. You overloaded them. A lot of times a refund request comes from that perspective. Yes, I agree. No, I love what you're doing, and, I, and that's why I, I love simplicity and, and what you're putting together there. I think it's powerful. Another question in regards to marketing, Milana, what have you been using and what would you recommend to the audience as far as, and, and I know it varies because it depends on what they're doing, but kind of what, what's working for you now as far as maybe a marketing strategy to build your list or platforms that you think they should be following, such as certain maybe social medias that you think are effective so I'm going to answer the question from the simplicity perspective because yes, in the past I would yeah in the past I would say oh you know what Brian do this do joint ventures because that's how I built my list of 42,000 people and then later another 20,000 people joint venture partnerships have always worked for me in combination um, with product launches that's how I always built my list but you know what if this doesn't feel simple to you today then that's not the strategy that I would would advise you to do. For example, bloggers, they don't do the traditional joint ventures the way that I'm used to, where you promote me, I promote you, we scratch each other's backs, and we're all happy, and the customers now are on both of our lists. Uh, and then we start promoting someone else, and before you know it, we have a big list, and everybody's happy, and everybody's making money and commissions and sales. A blogger, for a blogger, a partnership looks very differently. For a um, podcaster, a partnership looks very different as well. So I would say whatever feels like it will allow you to leverage your skill, that's what you should be doing. Right now, I have moved away from the traditional joint venture structure um, into a social media structure. And I'll tell you why. First of all, because I burnt out on joint venture partnerships. The tit-for-tat model not only felt um, unethical to me, you know, where I have to promote your product just because you promoted mine. Right. But it also burned out my list because when you, when somebody's promoting you, let's say you have 100 partners and 20 of them are your top partners, well, you better promote all of those 20 top partners or you're going to piss them off. Yes. Right? Right. So, so what was happening is suddenly I no longer was connecting with my subscribers, but I was just promoting, 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 promoting every single week. For one partner, I sent out 17 emails just to take a spot on the leaderboard. And I'm so happy to be out of that model. I'm probably making less money because of that. But I'm okay with that because I no longer feel the pressure and the push of having someone someone else own my behind. I don't want anybody to own me, to, yes. to own. I don't want to owe anything to anybody. I don't know if that makes sense. But after 17 years of joint venture partnerships, I completely burned out my list and myself. And the other reason why I'm now doing more social media is because when you have a mailing list, normally it's a one-way communication. You send something to them and that's it. Sometimes people will respond to your emails, but usually not. I have a list of 42,000 people and every email I send out, I might get five responses. 
But when you have a social media presence, like a Facebook group, what happens is now people can have a conversation with you. They can get to know, like, and trust you. They can hear your perspective. They can fall in love with you. They can express their own opinion and engage in a conversation with you. And I feel like in, you know, in this world right now, at this time, it's no longer enough to have a one-sided conversation. You want to have people engaged. Yes. It's kind of funny how it came full circle. You know, the internet started out and it was kind of like you're an anonymous seller on the internet selling stuff, whether it's eBooks or product launches you're doing and stuff. And now it's come back to, Hey, we need that human interaction. We need to, to talk about things and share things. And, you know, like you said, build that. It's, it's one of the best ways that you mentioned to build the know, like, and trust, you know, it's, it's a perfect platform. So, and like I said, what you're doing is awesome with the Facebook lives. And I, I think you're really, you're really coming across with that and it's, it's working for you. And a funny little, little story when I was uh, watching your Facebook lives, I watched one of them with uh, David, if I'm pronouncing it right, D. Gioria, Giorgio. Yes. And you know what? I know it's funny, Milana. In June of this year, there was a Fast Inc. Business Accelerator event. And I can't remember the two women that put it on, but um, local guy Joe Polish was there yeah. who talked. And then uh, the keynote main guy was Damon John from Shark Tank. Yes. So I met up with a guy on the internet. It was funny. I connected with named Kelvin Wayman. And I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's a new guy, a go-getter who just quit his job, started a social media company, and he's just all over the place. He's, he's exciting. I had him on the show and he got me a ticket to the event to go and meet Damon John afterwards, get a photo and go to a a private, like 50 person Q and a, yeah, it was really neat. But in line, they serve lunch. And I started talking to this woman and this guy, and it ended up being David. <laughs> so I saw your interview, and I'm like, Canada? This guy looks familiar. He's, so I reached out to him on, on Facebook, instant message, and I said, David, I don't know if this was you, but I was at an event in Phoenix, or actually in Scottsdale, um, where I spoke with a guy in line, and I think it was you. And he said, yep, that was me. So we connected on Facebook, and he says, oh, I love Milana and we're great friends. And yeah, so he was, he was excited. I told him I was interviewing you today. That's a small world, isn't it? How isn't it? you're going from anonymous millions of people online and here you are, you met the guy that I'm interviewing and you and I just met. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it weird? It's such a small, but, and that's what it gets though. You're, you're getting to the like-minded people and it's, unfortunately it's a smaller type of community. You know, you wish there was more people that were like-minded, but. It's a neat group, and and it was neat to meet him. I didn't get to talk to him too long, but we we had a nice little conversation, and it was cool. And now I connected with him on Facebook, so I hope to follow him some more. And I'd I'd love to get him on the show sometime. He is wonderful. He's also the composer who arranged my music piece, which is sitting on my website at Milana dot com. Um, when I left my business last year, I had I was in so much emotional pain because even though I wanted to leave. I was miserable and I was really bored and I was restless in my company. Um, It was also my baby. I created it. I designed the training, the event. I came up with the idea and the name for the event. I uh, created all the pricing. We had uh, 500 members when I was leaving the company. 
So I was leaving my baby and I was in a lot of pain and regret that I had to do that. And this music poured out of me because I used to write music, but never in like a way that I would actually record it. And David was the one who encouraged me to continue to develop this piece. And then he heard it and he said, I'm going to arrange it for you. So it went from being a piano piece in my office, in my piano, to being a uh, piano cello and clarinet recorded professionally in a local college by their recording studio and so yeah I have a an irrational passion for David and for his talent (laughs) yeah everybody go check that out and then that's at um, simplicitycircle.com right Yes, if you go to simplicitycircle.com um, and you click on blog, it'll take you to my music, to my products, to anything else. Uh, but if you were inspired to talk about simplicity entrep- entrepreneurship and you are wondering how to get started, um, may I share the link, uh, Brian? Yes, absolutely. And we'll put yeah. it in the, the show notes for everybody. Yep. If you go to simplicitycircle.com forward slash get started. No surprise there. It'll give you access to um, a simplicity assessment for your business that will tell you, you know, where you are on the simplicity scale right now, how much complexity you actually have in your business. Uh, There's some interesting questions there that you may find uh, very revealing and eye-opening to you. Um, So you definitely want to take that. And it'll give you access to my Facebook community on Simplicity Entrepreneurship and will get you into my world. And I would love to hear from you if if you enjoyed this interview with Brian and had some aha moments, definitely um, look me up on Facebook and uh, let me know. Guys and girls, definitely check out Milana's site. That that was very generous of you. I love that. And I mean, what you shared today, I'm sure everybody's going to want to delve in further and look into what you're doing because I did when I was doing the research for this interview and I was very impressed with what you're doing. And, and like I said, just your personality. I was so excited to have you on the show. Um, Thank you so much, Fine. Yeah, I just knew it would be a fun and informative interview. You've done so much and you've got so much knowledge to share. And I want to thank you for taking the time to to come on here today and share that with everybody, to be vulnerable, to share one of your your scary projects that you're working on now and and being honest about, you know, the challenges you've had in business. And I think it's it's really going to help a lot of people. You've you've shared some great information. I encourage everybody to go back through this interview with a pen and paper, take notes, do the questions that Milana asked, and then go to her simplicitycircle.com slash get started and get in there and start designing a business based on simplicity, based with alignment with your values and what you guys believe and the type of business you want to to build and stop following every guru telling you Mm -hmm. how it should be done. Listen to your intuition. Like Milana said, take some time for self-awareness and decide what you want. And I'm, I'm here to tell you from, from research with Milana, she's someone that can actually show you that. So follow her on Facebook. Now in your Facebook group, can people get in there too? Or is it a closed group, Milana or? It is a glo- it's a closed group. There are okay. a couple of questions that I want you to answer, and you will be able to get to it through the link that I shared before, the simplicitycircle.com forward slash get started, because it'll get you uh, into that community for sure. And I've heard Milana say this before too, um, guys and girls. Please answer those questions. If you're serious about your business, Milana is there to help you, and she will put in all the time and effort to help you any way she can. So if you're going to take – 
her time, please take the time to fill out those questions that she asked because it's very important. She's there to help you. It's not just another Facebook group for you to join. If you're really looking for great information and to help your business become simple, simple, go ahead and answer her questions and then get involved in her group and then go from there because you're going to get a lot out of it. So, Milana, this has been awesome. Thanks again for your time, and I really enjoyed this. Thank you, Brian. It was great to be here. You're an awesome um, show host, and I look forward to inspiring your listeners. Thanks, everybody. Thanks so much again for taking the time to listen. Again, guys, go through this. Take action on what Milana said. It's all about taking nuggets from this show and making it something that you can apply into your business. And Milana gave you some great stuff that you can actually listen to now and apply immediately. So go ahead and do that. And until next time, I wish you guys a brilliant life. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm in button below this podcast. Each week, I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care and I wish you a brilliant life.